Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and Jeff's book at revivefamily.com. Candace is back with us. She is a mom with a 22-month-old, Skylar, and she is improving that relationship in a miraculous way with the healing of her own heart. This is astounding. From my experience, and I'm grandfather age, when I have seen moms with difficult kids, there's something wrong with that kid. But it's certainly the relationship between the mom and the child. And you have dug deep. And with Jeff's counseling, you're healing hearts. It's been a joy. And the heart, um, you know, we see in Proverbs 4.23 that it says, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And that's something I think we've lost um, in the church today uh, that We've become so focused on what we know and doing what we know and accountability and all of these intellectual pursuits that, uh, you know, hey, I was a believer. I had a seminary degree and I'm seeing this professional counselor and she's looking at me and saying, Jeff, you have a shut down heart. And my brain is arguing in every way possible. But I did. And that's been the fun journey for me in this research of getting to understand the kids developing influential parenting. It grew my heart. It changed my heart. It helped heal my heart, made me into the father I wanted to be, made me into um, a leader of the heart rather than a pursuer of the brain. And that's really been the journey. That's why Revive Family, a change of heart. That's our tagline. Because when our hearts change, everything begins to change around us without self-control without accountability, um, if we'll turn and do the hard work. And it's not easy. It takes a really strong commitment to pursue heart change, to pursue heart healing, because it's painful. Um, and Candace, uh, I don't know how much you're willing to share about it being painful, but I'm going to ask why. I know we've talked in the previous program of how the positive it's been, the change and everything what's happening with your relationship with Skylar, with your mom. But this journey, why does it take a strong commitment? Because it hurts. Because um, you want to give up too. You want to back away from it and say, I can't go there. Right. Right? It's, it, it, you're, how would I explain it? Because it is very, very much of a, I don't know if I can work through it. Like if, if I, I've been putting it under the rug for so long. If I expose it, what's going to jump out at me? You know, the unknown of um, am I able, able to work through it all the way through it was my hesitation because I just do. I've been um, through a lot of counselors in my life, and they've helped me work up to a certain point, and then it's like they leave me hanging. So, um, just being able to, um, it just it just hurts, but. Whenever the you went, whenever I went through the process of 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 grieving of um, 
negative core values of breaking down the negative core values. Uh, Jeff has a list of, of verses that he has, um, that you reflect with your negative core values. And, uh, it was excruciating what I went through. Um, he shared how he, um, the, the, the psychiatrist or the counselor that you went through, um, told, told you to just feel bad. And, I had for, I'd forgotten that until I, um, till you, we just spoke about it because I literally had that moment that, uh, because of, of everything that went on in my past, um, when I was going through those negative core values and backing them up with, with healing them with a, a, a verse out of the Bible. And, um, I just got to a point where I literally, never had felt bad about what happened and just given myself permission to just feel bad. And so I just, two o'clock in the morning, I was doing this. I'd been doing it since like nine o'clock. And in the morning, I was just like bawling, hoping my husband was just like (laughs) staying asleep because I was just bawling, needing just to heal. And I just got to the point of just being able to, my heart felt um, completely raw and exposed. And God told me, he's like, just let me pour into it now. It was completely empty. So there's a crying and a weeping that's part of the healing process. Totally. A total um, breakdown and healing. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. Some people are willing to go through the pain and uh, undertake the process that God's kind of given me through all this research in my own journey to see my own heart heal. But I've seen a lot of people that will touch the pain and then bounce off. Um, because they feel it. Oh, I've dealt with it. No, we have to, we have to hit the pain, enter the pain, go through the grieving process, go through the core values process to see the pain heal. Is that to see the the what I call internal road rash begin to go away? Because it's that internal road rash that can cause us to react to our kids and to our spouse over fairly minor things and they become huge pools of pain for us because we're carrying this pain around inside and they've tripped over it unwittingly. And then we feel like they did it to us because we're in so much pain and they said X, but really so much of that is coming from that road rash from the past. And so that process of entering and going through the pain, Mm -hmm. absolutely critical because if you just experience it a little and bounce off Mm -hmm. and don't work your way through it, Um, you'll find yourself back almost in the same position. So has a person been pushing it away previously, and now they finally have said, this is me, this is part of me, I'm a flawed individual, I'm a sinner, I can get through this, I accept this about me, I can forgive myself? Yeah, part of it's self-forgiveness, but part of it's really allowing yourself to turn and look back and grieve the things that you left ungrieved. Because one of the things that counselor told me is, Jeff, with the the magnitude of things that hit, the speed they hit, and the way the body of Christ reacted around you, cramming forgiveness tapes in your face when your dad left, they didn't let you be confused, hurt, sad, cry, angry, all the things you need to do to actually let those painful events grieve and come out and lead to healing and resolution where you can truly forgive. They didn't allow that. And so this process is absolutely essential because it's not just, yeah, I was hurt. 
but it's actually let's heal this thing. Let's let's get rid of that internal road rash, all these sensitive spots that our spouses and our kids can trip over that cause us to react. Let's see it healed. I mean, the Holy Spirit circumcises the heart. God is the great physician. Let's use that. Let's leverage that. Let's not carry this stuff around our entire lives. There's no need to. But it takes that strong commitment to push through the pain, not bounce off it. Candace, as you're listening to this, what do you want to share with the moms out there that are going, I don't know if I believe one influential parenting will work Two, that it's more about my heart than my kids. What do you want to share? I want to share with the moms that feel like they're just hit rock bottom and don't think that they can do it. And, uh, as well as that have been touched by, um, Maybe they have a heart that's that's really hardened or hurting. Um, if you really, really want to see a change in your in your family and with your child, you'll push through it. You're strong enough um, as a mom. All moms rock because they're just so strong and they want to see their kids succeed and they want to be able to bring out potential in their kids. I just, I would really just speak to those moms of just saying you can do it and it's and it's totally worth it. And we're here to help revive family cares. And, you know, you've been through the, the journey. You're in, in maybe in the middle of it still. I know I have been in it for a long time. Um, getting to the other side uh, where peace and joy and contentment yeah. can come back to your heart, where positivity can replace negativity, where um, we can make emotional connections with our family uh, because that's what we all want. I'm, there's too many kids, too many parents feeling alone today. Yes. And it's probably because something's gone wrong inside. It's probably because that heart is guarded it, mm-hmm. or it, maybe it's hard or maybe it's completely shut down like mine was. But healing the heart brings the color back to life. It's like going from a black and white movie to a technicolor movie. Um, it's like going from, you know, sound in movies prior to surround sound to surround sound things come back to life as your heart comes back to life. I love the song by Danny Gokey, Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. Um, Amazing story behind that, but it's really the theme song for Revive Family. And if you're in that position of having a shut down heart, a broken heart, uh, a wounded heart, I'd really encourage you to listen to that song. A lot of people I recommend it to uh, have listened to it hundreds of times in their process of healing. But, Candace, as we wrap up this segment, um, I know you need to get going. Unfortunately, we can't have you for the next segment. Um, why is influential parenting so important? Why do parents need to take it seriously? It helps a child be able to live their life and make good decisions and purposeful decisions of being able to make good decisions versus just make decisions um, out of misguidedness and, um, be able to have that heart connection with your, with your child, uh, because we all, uh, long to have that relationship, especially with your, your parents. Um, I really believe that, that that's why influential parenting is, is really important. You and it's healing hearts and healing hearts. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Candace, thank you for being our guest today. You're listening to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. 
Jeff and I will be back in a moment. More on Healing Our Hearts. Become part of the growing family of parents who interact with Revive Family Online. Every week we share new content, ideas, and encouraging blog posts via social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Follow us today to receive helpful insights and ideas from myself and the Revive Family team. Parenting is a commission you receive from God when a child comes into your life. You're the guide, the mentor, the teacher who will lead and set an example. That sounds like one of the greatest assignments you could ever be given. And it is an amazing gift, but it comes with serious challenges, problems, and frustrations. Parenting can be the most difficult job there is because there are kids with ideas that don't sync with yours. There's nonstop advice coming at you from neighbors and family members, and you've tried techniques that are supposed to work but don't. Where do you turn? You turn to revivefamily.com. It's the website created by Jeff Schott, host of Parenting in the 21st Century. Revivefamily.com has powerful resources that guide you to making better decisions as a parent or someone in the role of a parent, like a grandparent, aunt, uncle, foster parent, guardian, big brother, big sister. You'll find research studies, audio CDs, DVDs, and more, including Jeff's book, Influential Parenting, at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. I reference you frequently as a researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, coach. I think you're a miracle worker in some instances because this whole concept of healing hearts is striking me as having the power to change the world person by person. Now, you had a dramatic experience in your own life when a counselor said to you, you've shut down your heart. How did you open your heart from the day you heard that from Pat, who's pretty famous in your life? She meant a lot to you and turned your life. What was the next step? You know, Jonathan, it was, it's kind of almost a sad story. Unfortunately, Pat didn't get to finish the journey. Mm. She died in the office, thankfully, with another patient of a massive heart attack. Why Pat understood the heart so well is she had had massive cancer in her body and had all the lymph nodes removed on the entire left side of her body. So she looked a lot like the, the Michelin tire man because she just couldn't f- shed the fluid, which is what led to the heart issue. That claimed her life. I'm glad she didn't die in the office with me because, remember, I went there thinking everything I touched turns to mud. I think I would have been toast if that had happened. But she brought a lot of wisdom into your life and set you on a a path that changed your life. I mean, she started me down this journey of realizing my heart was shut down. She educated me about grieving and got me started in the grieving process. Unfortunately, she wasn't there to help me deal with some of the other components that I found like negative core values in my research mm-hmm. that I've mixed with the grieving and mixed with the shutdown heart to see absolutely amazing changes taking place in kids' lives. Um, kids that are suicidal, not suicidal. Kids that are cutting, not cutting. Um, Didn't she say something to you? I, th- I recall you telling me this once, that she said, of all the patients I've ever worked with, I've never had to say this to one of my patients, but I'm going to say it to you. Go feel bad. 
something to yeah, that effect. Yeah, she actually first started by saying, you're the hardest nut I've ever had to crack. And I looked at her and said, what? I've poured everything out. And she'd out. been counseling for years. Yeah, and, and she goes, yeah, you have poured everything out. I haven't even really had to ask, but this is the longest I've gone in my 22-year career without giving an assignment. Um, I think you're finally ready to hear me now. There was so much that had to spill out of me before I would even be potentially open to hearing that my heart was shut down, that she waited nine weeks before even giving me an assignment. So this heart was hard. This heart was beat up. It was bleeding to death on the inside. And I knew something was wrong. I knew I was bleeding. Um, but I didn't know why I didn't know what to do. I was clinically depressed. Um, were you angry? Were you sad? Did you have I wasn't, a lot was of these numb. other feelings? I was numb. And that's what I'm finding. So many of the kids I'm dealing with are, or even where Candace was at. She was operating. Everybody thought she was fine. Everything went along. As you heard, she had been to multiple counselors before and gotten to this point, but never entered it or gone through it because psychology deals with the mind. Mm-hmm. And I think there's more than just the mind. You're saying rather than moving on to the heart. Exactly. And that's the journey that God took me through in this research with looking at kids and seeing what was really going on in their lives and watching their pain and watching how it was acting out in all these horrible ways in their lives is part of what drove me forward to explore how to get rid of my own pain, mm-hmm. how to see my heart heal so that I could help them heal. And I love helping kids heal, but it's so much fun to talk with a mom who feels like a complete and total failure with a 14-month-old. So much so she's thinking, I, maybe I shouldn't even be a mom. And then see her go through influential parenting class, and that changes her perspective on what her role is and her vision. And that opens her to dealing with and needing to deal with the so, status of her own heart. So with influential parenting, she learned she needed to be a different kind of parent than she had been to that point. Oh, yeah. Right? Very clearly. She saw the wisdom. She saw the truth. She saw the what she needed to be able to do was get to her daughter's heart and have that heart connection. And that's what led her to want the coaching related to healing her own heart. Okay. But she could learn some techniques without even healing her heart. But the healing of the heart is what transformed her life and her relationship with her daughter. Right. I mean, the techniques were working. You heard her talk about it in in the previous program and a half, but now that her heart is changing, um, her her ability to have patience, her ability to have compassion, her ability to relate and understand her daughter's feelings and where her daughter is at is going to be exponentially higher, and that's just going to drive their relationship deeper and wider and give her more influence in her daughter's life. So to, to try to get a reality for my thinking and also those listeners, uh, we're kind of speaking in generalities. So where did she have to go as she is kind of rediscovering who she is? How far back did she have to go about the pain and the hurt in her life? She hadn't grieved any of it all the way back to her. When she was uh, abused as a young child. Exactly. Um you know, she, there's a lot of her childhood is blocked out, but there are certain things that are, the memories are there and the hurt is sitting in her heart and it's been there since she was little. And then it compounded because of that hurt. She made other, what she thought were bad decisions. They weren't really decisions. They were being driven by the hurt. 
um, that moved her to do things she wouldn't cognitively desire to do or want to do that led to other issues in her life that led to more hurt. And all of this she brings into a marriage and being a mom with all of these sensitivities and this desire to need to control everything in her surroundings so she doesn't get hurt like that again. And then she gets a child who's uncontrollable. And you have to lead differently. (laughs) I don't want to be too fact-based, but... So let's help somebody who's thinking, what what techniques then did she employ? Did she start writing down a list of the pains that she could go back to? Actually, no. The, The beginning part in the process is really identifying and I help people do this because it's really hard to do sometimes on your own, mm-hmm. but it's identifying all the negative beliefs that you've adopted about yourself deep down inside, not casually up in your brain, but things deep down here that we don't want to deal with that are really painful. And then helping her identify where was the beginning point? Where did that belief start in your childhood or early on? Or did somebody say that about you? Did a teacher say that about you? Yeah, or did or- Was it a message your parents said, or is it, you know, because of the abuse, where did that start? Okay. And then once you've got that down, then taking all of that through this long list of verses that I've developed to help people go reflect on all of those negatives and those realities that help them begin to challenge the conclusions they've made about themselves, because it's what God thinks of them, how God views them how he protects them, which was a real hard set of verses for, for Candace, given the past. Um, it's, but it led to her letting that emotional floodgate go. And I guess that's the starting point. And you can do it before you are in the process, during the process, some point during the process. It happens differently for everybody. For me, the counselor started me there and I broke down crying on the highway so hard I had to pull over on the side of the road. I couldn't drive. Okay. For Candace, she wasn't going to let go of that guard until I developed trust with her, until she got into the process. That guard mm-hmm. finally came down when she started into those verses. And they drew such stark contrast with what she really believed about herself that the floodgates broke. But at some point, you've got to take the guard down around your heart. At some mm-hmm. point, you've got to be willing to let the emotion and the pain begin to flow out of you. I would think some of the uh, realization also has to circle around the notion that it's really up to me. I mean, maybe my mom and dad didn't help me and I thought they should. Where was God helping me here? Uh, It's up to me, right? At this point, if I want to heal my heart, it's my process. It's different for everyone. It is our process. And the first step, if you want to go after healing your heart, If you want to get rid of the internal road rash and all of those doubts and negatives that are floating around in there that we're not even often conscious of, the first thing you've got to do is make a strong commitment to it because it's not fun. It's not easy, but it's so amazingly transforming. And I believe it is what Jesus did with the disciples. I believe it is what Jesus does and desires to do with everybody but in such a knowledge fact-based society that disavows the existence of the heart and the importance of the heart and how the heart actually moves us to make bad decisions mm-hmm. at, that everything flows out of the heart in Proverbs 4.23, um, it's really easy to disavow the heart, to lead an entire life from the mind. But in the mind, you're more black and white. In the mind, you're more judgmental. 
in the mind, you're more reactive. You're more argumentative. It's from the heart flows the compassion, the grace, the mercy, and understanding. And if we've got shut down hearts, those things are going to be hard for us. Mm-hmm. And I think you, when, when you're describing those characteristics of a healthy, a healed heart, uh, you're also referencing love, the basics of love that Christ taught. Right. And love is... Patient and kind and so on. Not easily there. angered, always <laughs> hopes, always trusts, always perseveres, doesn't keep a record of wrongs, all of those things. But if we want to have those close, tight-knit families, if we want to have true influence in our kids' lives, it's got to flow from the heart. We're not going to fact our kids into a close relationship with us. <laughs> I wish we could. We're not going to punish our kids into a close relationship with us. Just think about that statement for a minute. I want to be close to my kid, but rules and consequences are the only way to parent. If I beat them up, they'll get closer to me. <laughs> it's, I tell you what, the people that have come after me with, a, with you know harsh words and everything, I didn't get closer. Oh, I got a lot further away. And, mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately... Um, we're fighting 8,000 years of parenting tradition. <laughs> we're fighting a tidal wave of parenting tradition with a squirt gun here at Revive Family. I'm standing in front of a tsunami and I'm going squirt, 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 and this wave's coming the other way. And that's, uh, that's, but it's about changing our hearts. When my heart changed, becoming a different parent was easy. All, I saw things so differently and I saw my kids differently and I saw my role in their lives differently and their lives changed as a result. I wish we had more time, but we'll talk about it more next time we get together. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.